The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B Movies and Ebooks, episode eighty-one. What up, Brian? Nothing. I, oh. I like how somehow along the last like ten or so episodes, we've just gotten out of the introductions. Okay, we don't even do it anymore. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. I, I'm Craig Wade. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm Brian Allen Delaney. Okay, so now first-time <laughs> listeners will know who we are, and long-time listeners will be annoyed. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so today we're going to be reviewing uh, the novella Kanye West Reanimator, written by Joshua Chaplinsky and H.P. Lovecraft, I guess. <laughs> uh, he, he He's, like, credited. Yeah, and uh, the film The Greasy Strangler, but before we get into any of that, what's new with you, Brian? Uh, not too much. I went and finally saw Logan. How was it? I haven't seen it yet. It was uh, honestly fantastic. Really? Yeah. Like, um, you know, I, I've heard people say that it was uh, it, people think it should be the first like superhero movie nominated for an Oscar. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know if that's going to happen. It won't. But it, it was really, really good. Like, it it honestly wasn't just a good superhero movie. It was, like, a legit good movie. Huh. Well, it was weird. I, I mean, I've heard <laughs> nothing but good things about it. I've heard a few people say yeah. that it was kind of boring at times. Then I've heard other people say it's nonstop action, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, there were a few, um, I guess, soft spots in it, but... I never really felt like it it got too and like it, it didn't slow down too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um and there was it was brutal. Like real brutal. It earned its R. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean like I I read a thing with the director who said it wasn't just R about the violence. Like he wanted to do it rated R because then he could explore like more adult themes in it. Mm -hmm. You know, and stuff. And even he said e even like longer shots, like longer scenes um, and, bet, you know, more solid acting and stuff, uh, which, yeah, it had all of that. It was real good. Well, cool. I mean, I I want to see it. Um, honestly, though, for me, it'll probably end up being a rental. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's just how I am with superhero movies. But um I definitely want to check it out. Now, there's... I forget which one it is. They're doing other R-rated comic book movies now, right? I guess on the heels of Deadpool. Um, I heard rumors at one point of a X-Factor or an X-Force oh, R-rated really? movie. Um, huh. I don't know how real that actually is. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. But well, mark that one. That's a B&E exclusive. <laughs> That's an exclusive. That's going to happen. Brian heard um, this rumor once. <laughs> 
and didn't do anything to follow it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's cool. It does seem kind of odd, though. I mean, <laughs> I can't decide if I want that more or not, you know, because it does seem like the comic book movies are mostly a teen audience, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's some properties that would benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, Deadpool did and the the Wolverine one, like... It, it uh, Logan was was totally benefited from it being an R-rated movie, but like I don't think other ones, such as like Superman or something like that, just need to have an R-rated movie because <laughs> that's the the Vogue thing to do nowadays. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got you. Or like a Captain America. See, I think R-rated. Guardians of the Galaxy could have benefited from it for my own personal enjoyment, but I'm happy that they didn't because it expanded. <laughs> Like those characters to an audience that didn't know about them, myself included. Yeah. I had only heard the name, you know. And, and and plus, they're like, they're funner. You you know what I mean? Like the the characters in Guardians of the Galaxy are like fun characters. Yeah, yeah. And and they don't need to be ripping people's faces off, <laughs> which is what happened in Logan oh, really? several times. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty pretty cool. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, honestly, as far as, like, actual horror news this week, as far as checking up with me, I didn't see anything worth mentioning. <laughs> oh, you didn't see Belko? Nah, I didn't. I, I was going to go, but then I was like, eh, I'm going to go ahead and stay at home. Cool. <laughs> for for the audience, <laughs> uh, my wife and daughter went out of town this weekend, so it was the first weekend in a long time that, uh, you know, I... I could batch it and uh, it was <laughs> for me uh, what i thought would be getting pizzas and watching movies turned into crippling loneliness <laughs> just an existential dread yeah. yeah oh god i need him so much <laughs> so uh but no i mean i was gonna go watch the late show on friday but instead i think i was asleep by midnight <laughs> partying hard yeah um but anyway yeah uh so i didn't really see anything although i did see that clive barker um oh god says that there will (laughs) he wouldn't get his hopes up for a hellraiser reboot because they've been talking a long time about a hellraiser reboot you know they they even made that bloodlines movies for a rights issue you know make it real cheap movie (laughs) I think it was Bloodlines. I I don't know. Yeah, it was the last Hellraiser movie that came out, and it, it was not good. But anyway, um, so they made that just to extend their rights, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know. Do you think that Hellraiser is the kind of franchise that needs a reboot? No. <laughs> like, like, I I don't know. I mean, maybe we're the wrong audience. Neither of us are real big pinheads. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually use that uh, one yeah neither of us are real big fans but i mean it like i've liked what i've seen but i don't actively go seek it out yeah you I've know seen what i mean part it's not my one. favorite movies i've seen part one part two and hellraiser bloodlines <laughs> 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 me and bill uh sought that one out just to watch it for how bad it was supposedly but i mean to me like, I just want to see newer 
like new movies. I'd like to see new franchises. Seems mm-hmm. like even for every movie that we get uh, that's actually pretty good, we don't we still don't get a franchise in in horror these days. The last two have been Saw and Paranormal Activity, but I can't think of any other franchises. And neither neither of those were really like they were big films, and I like both of their originals. But they both ended up in Crazy Town, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I stopped watching the Saws. I think I saw Saw 2. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the last one I saw. I saw the first five in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I Saw 3 on. Uh, it, it turned into like, why am I even doing this to myself? <laughs> These aren't good. <laughs> you know, I like the yeah. first two. Uh, I did catch the last one on, on Amazon prime. Mm-hmm. I threw it on and, uh, it starts with like them raising up in the middle of times square being ripped apart. And it's like, Oh my God, they couldn't like, it, it was the Sharknado of saw films, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. To each what are you going to do about it? But yeah, Hellraiser not happening. The other, like, there's not really much horror film news other than the fact that Get Out was the first uh, uh, debut from an African-American director to earn $100 million. Writer-director. Oh, I think right. it actually. I think it actually takes into account both. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, either way. But, like, like other people were saying, like, uh, there's still a very short number of debut films just in general that have broken that much money. Well, yeah. And it's like, um, what 40 year old virgin is like the only one I can think of off the top of my head. No, that wasn't a debut. No, wasn't a debut. I thought it was, I thought it was his first movie. No, he did cable guy. Oh yeah. He, he, Never mind then. Uh, I, it was, I think you're right. As far as when that came out, there was some buzz about it being the, Highest earning uh, R-rated comedy of all time. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm just getting weird, very, very specific. <laughs> yeah. Niche type it's thing. Like, oh, my God. That's like when we were watching uh, the Olympics last time. Mm-hmm. And, and they're like, oh, so-and-so holds the record for, you know, most hurdles jumped by, you know, a, a person who's six foot one and weighs. Like, it's it just got like super, super specific. Like every single time. And it's just like, is that really necessary? Yeah. Does there really need to be categories like that? What is it? There's lies, damn lies, and statistics. What? (laughs) It's like a quote, right? Or either that or maybe I made that up too. No, I really think that that is a quote. Anyway, it's not a good one if I can't source it or you've never heard of it. But... (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Uh, what? How do you feel about Netflix is changing their model to go away from a five-star rating system to just to thumbs just up, thumbs up, up or down. thumbs down? Well, seeing as I never used the rating system in the first place, yeah, I don't think it's really going to affect me. I think I am more apt to just push thumbs up than I would be to rate it. Yeah. Saying that as a show or like, you know, on a podcast where we rate things one to five. Well, I mean, okay, you got (laughs) to think about that's kind of exactly what Rotten Tomatoes is a -hmm. percentage that did thumbs up, not a percentage out of like five, you know? Yeah. And so. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. 
So, I mean, I guess by that, if they did like a percent next to it, akin to Rotten Tomatoes, I think that'd be really cool. But yeah. what I think it is, is uh, they said something that they're like redoing their algorithms to perfectly fit what you like. But how do they know mm-hmm. how much I like it? Like, I like yeah, movies that I'm like. If it's, if it's just thumbs up. Yeah. It's like, I guess I like this movie. No, 40-Year-Old Virgin was the first movie Judd Apatow directed. What do you do on the cable guy? I don't know. I'm not looking up cable guy. I'm looking up Judd Apatow. <laughs> well, anyway, how do you feel about, like, do you think that it's a good idea or you think they're just going to go back on it in a few months? He's a producer. Um, I don't know. It seems to be the way things are just going in the first place. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Like, just a, a yes or no sort of thing. Like it or don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, know. I, I don't really care, honestly. What? I mean, it, <laughs> it, it might make things uh, easier to find. It might make things worse. But I mean, like, like I said, I don't ever really rate anything anyway. Yeah. Do yeah. You? On Amazon, I'll do books every once in a while. And I generally give no, them. I'm saying on, on Netflix, which is what we were talking about. Every once in a while. I mean, but it's only things that I love. Like, that's the only thing yeah. that gets me out. I'm like, oh, hell yeah, five stars for, you know, yeah. whatever the film may be. <laughs> development. <laughs> yeah. For Strange Wilderness. <laughs> so uh you want to get into the movies or you got any any news uh one one thing real quick i just saw um that our friends over at nerds on the left posted about uh artist comic book artist bernie wrightson died yeah i saw um, that just just kind of sad he he did the art for one of my favorite batman stories ever oh really yeah Which um, one? It, it was a like a mini series. I think it was like four or five ep- issues. It was called The Cult. And uh, it was um, basically him fighting a cult leader. And uh, the cult leader's name was uh, Deacon Blackfire, if I remember correctly. And it was this weird underground, like literally underground cult. Um, and then they broke Batman mentally and he became part of the cult for a while. Yeah, it's a good story. And then huh. there's this there's this weird two page splash where he's going uh, insane, and it's like he's seeing zombies, and then he fights zombies for a while. Yeah, it's, it's a great it's a great book. He also <laughs> co created Swamp Thing. Yeah, with Lynn Weinstein. Yeah, is that and, his name? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I just had read that he co created Swamp Thing, and did the official. Uh, Comic adaptation, or the official Creepshow comic adaptation. Cool. Well, he definitely left a footprint on the genre, and he will be missed. So our thoughts go out to his family, and I guess we will be back with our review of Kanye West, Reanimator. Two versus three, nerds with beers and opinions. A podcast on the B&E Network, hosted by Cody O, Kyle Hodge, and Greg Moser. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and episodes available at iTunes, Stitcher, and <laughs> episodes available at the B and E Network. <laughs> <laughs> episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, <laughs> and Gigglefans. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and BMoviesandEbooks.com. 
And we're back with our review of Kanye West Reanimator, uh, written by, uh, I'm going to give him first credit because he's first credit on the book cover, H.P. Lovecraft and Joshua Chaplinsky. So, um, basically, is the story of a young man who uh, wants to reinvigorate the music business after um, terrible, I don't know, schlock gets played on the radio all the time. Right. And then he ends up uh, reanimating corpses. Yeah. Yeah. And and that and that young man's name is Kanye West. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it definitely. I don't know that this is a straight bizarro book, you know, bizarro fiction. Like, I don't. What well, well, do you count Lovecraft as bizarro fiction? Well, no, but I mean, like a lot of them are like, you know, your stupid fucking face explodes every time we're at Dairy Queen, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. And a lot of the mashups are uh, such a great title. <laughs> yeah, we have to cover that. But a lot of the mashups are this, you know, bizarro fiction, which admittedly we don't really cover a lot of, but this is lumped <laughs> in with it. Um I think the only Bizarro titles we've ever er, done was what, Make Humans? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but um, but Ooh. this didn't seem very off the wall. It, yes, it did. But <laughs> it wasn't written as Cavalier as a lot of the Bizarro that I've read. And I haven't cool. read a lot, but we, we've covered even less, you know? Oh, well, I also did that... Uh that bizarro noir um that monsters and gangsters book oh yeah yeah um yeah anyway so uh i don't know like because i don't consider a hp lovecraft stuff to be bizarro it's not right I, i i mean yeah i know so uh i mean i consider it to be um maybe the the founding kernel of that right definitely a a huge influence on that style of writing but this was just straight up reanimator. <laughs> it was it was it was H.P. Lovecraft with like Kanye West instead of Herbert West, and we and and like <laughs> yeah, basically you know. So like I don't consider this to be bizarro. Um, it, there was a couple of weird things at first, you know, like because it's written. It, I mean, it, it's not word for word. Um, but it's, it's largely written written by, yeah, it's largely written by HP Lovecraft. Um, and so there are some spots where, um, you, you know, like the writing changes a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, or there'll be like weird mentions to, um, contemporary things or contemporary language that sticks out. Yeah. But it does it like so often that it just becomes part of the the style, you mm-hmm. know, and it, and and those first times it might be kind of jarring, but once you get into it, it, it fits perfectly, and it doesn't it doesn't change anything for me. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just like it it's so good, like honestly. Yeah, <laughs> they know. were able to seamlessly interject things that did happen and things that didn't happen with Kanye West's life to to apply it to a timeline. Of events yeah. that were so good, and also the way that it—I mean, it definitely was character assassination <laughs> on at least his at, ego. At first, I thought it might not have been. 
huge. Yeah. At at first, it kind of felt like, you know, he was tout, like touting his praises because he was calling him a genius and stuff. And then, like, as it goes through it, <laughs> like, there's little things that are just just digs at him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it definitely says that, you know, one of my favorite ones was one of Kanye's weird stipulations was the amount of barns the studio <laughs> required. This is at least a four barn record. He was quoted as saying that made me laugh out loud. Like I highlighted that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was so good. Um, uh, I, I liked the, where he was talking about uh, how much of a mama's boy he was. Mm-hmm. And he, he was talking about in college and he was like, he, he'd often say, you, you can't spell matriculation without matriarch, he would tell me. He's like, yes, you can, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. would reply. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it was pretty, pretty great um, as far as how they did this. The, the execution was so, so good. Now, I mean, if this didn't have... Uh, uh, which I, I've only seen the reanimator movie. I never read Herbert West reanimator, but mm-hmm. I'm familiar enough. I mean, I, I own it. My intention was to go ahead and read that, but I ran out of time, you know, to yeah. kind of go back and forth. But, you know, Lovecraft has this writing style where things are so, you know, so, uh, fantastical that you literally can't even recall what happened and stuff <laughs> and things are so uh grotesque that they defy sight and shit like that and it kept all of that in you know yeah. all of that style in even whenever yeah. it would do these breaks it never seemed like the breaks were far like they were never so far removed for like a considerable amount of length that it it almost felt like a side commentary to the H.P. Lovecraft writing style instead of like mm-hmm. uh, big tone shifts, you know? Yeah, I get that. Um, b- but I, I think we should say like, okay, so the the opening line of um, this book is, you know, of Kanye West, who was my friend in college and after he dropped out, I can speak only with extreme sadness. The opening line of uh, Herbert West reanimator is of Herbert West, who was my friend in college and in an afterlife. I can speak of only with extreme terror. Like it's it, it's so close, you know, um, but they change. So like just enough to where it's just straight up descriptions of Kanye West. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, And everything he does. And then it gets into like the weird conspiracy theories about him. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in one chapter in particular. But I don't know. Should we should we say talk about the plot? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, I, I guess it in a way, yeah. At the beginning, it really does feel like it's almost a love letter to Kanye West because it's giving him credit for like almost revitalizing the hip hop genre. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> or or injecting newness or freshness, as the book would say, um, into the, the hip hop. Right. And so it, it's talking about how basically it's just a it's just a history of Kanye West's career. <laughs> right. Um, like uh, from him starting off. Uh, as like a producer at Rockefeller, uh, Rockefeller, <laughs> <Yeah>. what am I? <laughs> Rockefeller Enterprises. <laughs> um, 
but but uh, I'm not even going to correct it. I don't care. Um, and so it's like, you know, him starting off as a producer and then doing his solo stuff and then going into like weirdness with 808s and heartbreaks and even like Kim Kardashian's in it. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's just like a slow descent from like uh, what people consider to be, you know, genius with like college dropout and stuff like that. Into and then off he... the deep end, yeah, into into eight oh eights and heartbreaks, and even you know weird stuff with Kim. Yeah. So what <laughs> begins as a love letter in the beginning, by the eighty four percent mark, they actually say Kanye West had been connected with activities beyond the jackassery of normal or of ordinary <laughs> men, such as publicly accusing the president of the United States of not caring about black people. Basically, at that uh, Hurricane Katrina yeah. telethon. But, um, I, yeah, it definitely, I don't know. It, it pulled off, um, I guess this would be under what fair use laws or satire. Satire. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the, the other part would, the HP Lovecraft part would be fair use. (laughs) Well, it's it's like a public domain, I guess. Public domain. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, but yeah, he he's pretty relentless at it. And in fact, the insinuations of some of the people that Kanye West uh, murdered (laughs) (laughs) is a little uh, I can't believe that they haven't like threatened legal action. However, (laughs) if I was him and I read this, I mean, how could you not take this as like a joke, you know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, how could you not take it as an homage anyway? You know, even if it does go off the deep end and paint you as like some sort of weird scientist, um, you know, who's raising the dead with his fresh beats. Right. Like, how could you not take that still as like, uh, you know, um, the good side of that? You know what I mean? Like that somebody took the time to rewrite Reanimator with you in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All because you share a last name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, do we need to go any further in? I guess you can't really go any further in without uh, talking about the specific type events that happen. Yeah. Um, although it does seem to be a pretty comprehensive look at at his career. Even yeah. through the lens of, uh, of, you know, fantastical claims. Um, I mean, at least up till Jesus. Yeah. When was this, when was this book written? I'd say what, 2015 or so. Let's see. Um, but yeah. I feel like we should know this. <laughs> yeah. Well, do we, I don't know that we really need to, uh, um, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, but yeah, it's it's a very funny look at it. Now, I wonder, you know, a lot of people hate Kanye West, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people what? like him. <laughs> uh, he's just one of those people that's easy. He's an easy target because he's always doing something dumb. Now, <laughs> I mean, he really is, isn't he? But he's yeah. also, like, musically, I, I, we might be in the... And the minority here, but uh, musically, I, I like his work. You like his work. You've liked it a lot longer than I have, and mm-hmm. uh, and I'm a fan of his actual like music. 
And so I don't think that to fans this is going to piss I can't see it pissing off his fans. But I also can't no. see his haters that would actually like this probably much more. I can't see them embracing it because it's a whole book about Kanye West. <laughs> yeah, know? I know. It, he seems to have like such virulent hatred towards him by his non-fans that they won't even like watch interviews with him or like do anything involved with him. I know. So I don't. It, it's weird. Dude, I posted like, like, OK, whenever Life of Pablo came out and I listened to it and then I started listening a little more to his back stuff. And I was like, holy shit, I, I think I really like him. I've gone on on the record multiple times at being like, dude's a jackass. I don't like him, blah, blah, blah. Right? I, but mm-hmm. I had posted on Facebook just like, wow, weird. I'm starting to really like Kanye West music. And I got like literally like, I don't know, a lot of just like angry emojis. Like I'm pretty sure I liked that post. Yeah. <laughs> I got a lot, like 20 or something people... Like people that I know in my real life are, are like, <laughs> you know, I just I just don't get like, what's the hatred for? Well, he's an idiot. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it's really his idiocy would wouldn't have turned into public hate had he not like if he was humble. But because he's not <laughs> humble in any way, and he's like, he doubles down on dumb claims by saying like, oh, I'm a genius. You know, you're just like, all right, fuck that guy, right? And so I I, I think that's where it comes from. Yeah. And, he, and that one time he interrupted Taylor Swift. She's America's sweetheart. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I guess didn't he? I mean, he's gotten to the stage multiple times to be like Beyonce should have won everything, right? He, it, it was yeah. Taylor Swift, and then it was Beck. Yeah, and then like I mean, he, I don't know, it's bizarre. But as far as I, this book, I don't know. It is still weird that she didn't get anything for Lemonade. I never <laughs> listened to it. And did you? Uh, some of it. Was it kind of like a R. Kelly trapped in the closet where he's just like like a, a big spanning so. thing? Huh? I don't think so. I don't think so. And I'm pretty sure trapped in the closet is still going on. Oh, yeah. He's about to release, I think, 60 new chapters or something insane. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest we, closet ever. <laughs> we need to make a, another podcast that's just trapped in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> So what you're saying is just string it all together and leak all the trap in the closet. No, I meant like a chapter by chapter analysis. I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. That's something I don't need in my life. (laughs) But uh, able to do it with me. (laughs) Go for it. Uh, Y'all could call it in the closet with Brian and Bill. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, um, but. Yeah, so this book, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it felt fresh. It was funny. Made me laugh a lot. That said, it's not for everyone, but if it does go in your wheelhouse, I, I think this is something, if you don't mind reading about Kanye West and are a big fan of uh, H.P. Lovecraft, I can't see any reason that you wouldn't like this. You? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I think you have to have maybe at least a little passing knowledge of hip hop to to really get it. Yeah. Because, like, 
I mean, there's, I mean, but it's like not passing like, knowledge. Yeah. Like you, knowing who Tupac and Biggie were. Yeah. That's what know, I was going to say. Like it's the not the level of passing knowledge you need. Yeah. Or Damon Dash might be the deepest Yeah. yeah there's, cut. A, there's a reference to Suge Knight in there too. Yeah. What they call like cuddly britches night or something <laughs> yeah. like that. I was like, eh, out of everything, yeah. like that was the one that I wouldn't have said. I know. That's Shug Knight is a scary man. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see him on Kimmel where he just wouldn't refuse to not smoke? Like he lit up a cigar on set and he's like, you can't do that. And he's like, I'm Shug Knight. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> Kimmel's just like, uh. <laughs> I did not. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't stop him. No. No. <laughs> the guy's scary. But yeah, anyway, they did call him Puddle Bridges. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what would you give this? Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. I'm gonna go three and a half. I really liked it. it this wasn't it was amazing. This wasn't a must read for me, but it, it was a. I liked it. I'm happy I read it. Yeah. I, wow. More cool. Yeah. No, it, it hit it hit a lot of my buttons. Well, yeah, I, there's no way you weren't you weren't gonna love it. It's H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft and Kanye West together. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, th- there's no way. Like the only thing that's surprising to me is it wasn't a five. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you can make yeah. make amends with that. You want to give it a five? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Well, I mean, like, I mean, okay, because for the fives, you know, they've got to they've got to bring something new. And to be honest, like most of this was a reprint. Yeah. And although this was uh, really well put together, it's still kind of in that same vein of all those other ones like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Sensibility or Sense and Sensibilities and Sea Monsters, where it's just they take a book and they just add some other thing into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a collage work. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it wasn't like brand new, um, but it was really, really well done. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. Well, cool. Well, you want you want to take a break? And uh, uh, yeah, I'll, my last thing is it's two ninety nine on Kindle. Definitely worth the two ninety nine. Yeah. So. Uh, but you want to take a break? Come back with our uh, review of the Greasy Strangler? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. <clears throat> Would you please remove your podcast from the internet? It doesn't help the world in any way. You don't possess those skills. What a sad life way to express yourself to your peers. Mel suggested we record a promo for Barely Living the Dream, our podcast about independent filmmaking straight from the trenches. I suggested we read some hate mail, you know, to keep us humble. This one, I this one uh, was I'm right after place show it was free. Now, if I can get down to half an hour, talk about a movie that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Join us as we talk about making movies and living the dream. Barely. New episodes available every couple weeks. When we aren't on set. Only on the B&E Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and bmoviesandebooks.com. How do you think you guys sound like total fools? All right, we're back. We're talking Greasy Strangler. Um, This film is about Ronnie, who runs a disco walking tour along with his browbeaten son, Brayden. When a sexy, alluring woman named Janet comes to take the tour, it begins a competition between father and son for her attentions. 
It also brings about the appearance of an oily, slimy, inhuman maniac who stalks the streets at night and strangles the innocent soon... Uh, the innocent. Soon dubbed the greasy strangler. They they didn't put a comma or anything. So. I have a problem with that. What? Because, like, he meets... They, they meet Janet, like, five ten minutes into it uh-huh but he he talks about the greasy strangler in the first season uh, yeah first. yeah and dude i have a problem with all that whole I- intro or that whole uh summary because yeah it, who goes on a disco walking tour <laughs> yeah yeah um uh it this the summary makes it seem like a real film yeah <laughs> um this film oh my god <laughs> so it, it's it's like watching the end no, it's like watching like early John Waters mixed with Jared Hess's or like and you know Napoleon Dynamite, Gentleman Broncos, yeah. that kind of vibe. Trying to be Tim and Eric, yeah. Meet David Lynch, you know, like it. So that, it takes these. That's almost exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it it fails so bad for me on almost every level, though. Like it really, really wants to gross you out, and it's gross. It's pretty gross. I mean, it's but it's the same thing every single time. It's just an old man eating grease. Yeah, like that, and then that the, was the all the nudity that wasn't like appealing in any way. I mean, I hate, <laughs> I hate to be a, a dick, but you know that was intentional. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it it was. It seemed to be like. It really wanted to get your like, you know, just gross you out and be extreme but dumb, and it just didn't work on any level for me. Now, no. it has a sixty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I just saw, mm-hmm. so I might be out in it. Well, then we're out together, buddy. Oh, really? You didn't like it? No. Yeah. You well, you're a bullshit artist, man. Oh my god! If I had to hear that one more time, <laughs> yeah, you're, you can't bullshit a bullshit artist. You smell like horse shit. That's like literally how the dialogue was on this movie, and and everything seemed to be intentionally cut longer, uh-huh. like to where there was pauses in between all the sentences, and so like somebody would ask a question, and then there would be an answer, like like there was extra beats in there that shouldn't have been. And it just it just made everything drag, yeah, so long. Yeah, it's kind of like if you listen to a, a lot of times podcasts don't sync up correctly. You know, they don't account for their latency. So it, it's there's a lot of podcasts that are like that. It's like, hey, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, I think so too. You know, and it's really really. Uh, those are the ones that I unsubscribe to, even if I like their content. <laughs> but yeah, it's really, really bad to actually tackle and try to get through a film that way. Man, I was going to wait until you like there was a sufficient enough pause for me to get a word in there while you were on that little rant. Mm-hmm. And, and just to make it seem like ours didn't line up. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to wait, but well, then you didn't let me do it. I saw your wheels spinning, so I was just... <laughs> <laughs> I was but, like, this can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was not good. Right. Like it, I don't know. I mean, it, it looked nice. Like it was shot. Well, <laughs> I mean, like for what, it, for what it was. Um, but the, 
I don't know. It was just really trying really hard. Yeah, there was another film that has earned like cult status that this kind of reminded me of Street Trash. I don't know if you ever saw that. It's like from the 70s, maybe 80s. I don't know. Yeah. But like, it's just this stuff that turned. If I'm remembering it right, it's like bad moonshine that everyone keeps drinking and it turns them into sludge. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think you're right. I seem to remember something. I think we watched maybe part of it at your house once. Uh, I, well, I, I think Peaches owned it. So maybe that's what I, it was. I know I saw it at his house, like in its entirety. So maybe, maybe we were all there. I don't know. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it reminded me a lot of that film, which, you know, I, I know people like it. I didn't like it. I thought they were both, especially this film, was just missing a plot. I, it's sad where, you know, it leads up to a climax that doesn't happen. Mm hmm. But then what does happen instead was probably the most enjoyable part of the movie to me. Yeah. The last five minutes of it. Yep. Now, the, um, oh, go ahead. Here, here, here's a funny thing. Uh, they edited out 45 minutes of this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I'll put it this way. Okay. So it's an hour and a half, right? Yeah. I started it at eight o'clock this morning thinking that I'd be done at 930. It took me till almost 11 because I kept just <laughs> stopping it and like doing other stuff because I I did not like it. I did not want to watch this movie. It didn't. Now that said, it didn't provoke a strong reaction out of me. I've never no. felt. I've never felt like this indifferent, like passionately indifferent <laughs> about a film. Give you a strong reaction? No, no. Like, Apathy. It, it's just pure failure to me. Like, if you want to piss me off, piss me off. If you want to gross me out, gross me out. If yeah. you want to half-ass do all of it so that you can just be... Like, this just seemed like some hipster attempt at, like, trying to say, oh, yeah, I made a film, you know? And it's like, no, you sort of made a film. You got a budget for a film. It, you got real actors, but you yeah. didn't make a film. It was, it was, like you said, trying too hard to be Napoleon Dynamite. It wasn't gross enough. Like, um, was that movie? Like, She Kills... Remember that movie? That was like way grosser than this one was. Um, uh, and and also it, it almost it felt like a very, very tame version of that Crispin Glover movie I've seen. <laughs> do, you, do you know what movie I'm talking about? Everything's beautiful and I'm fine or some shit like that. Yeah, it's like um, I saw that at a theater, <laughs> which is really weird. Um, but it was it, it had that sort of feeling where, you know, their particular cast choices and their particular um, uh, line choices and the way it's shot is just trying to evoke some sort of uneasiness from you. But it never worked. No, like, it, it wasn't it wasn't far enough to actually be anything like that. No, you and there I mean? weren't real characters in this. <clears throat> No, they were all the same character played by different people. What do you mean? You know what I mean? Like they all had the same kind of like talking mannerisms. They all had, they all same sort of like, there was no individuality between them. Didn't it feel you know? like an X-rated Napoleon Dynamite, only not as good? And I'm not yeah. even a Napoleon Dynamite I, I'm not fan. even, yeah. But 
I can recognize that that's a funny. You're like, there's funny parts no. in the movie. This now, one, I, I will say there were a couple of parts that I genuinely laughed at. I remember okay? laughing, but I don't remember what part it was. Uh, it was the the old man in the car wash. For some reason, every time oh yeah that yeah yeah popped, that was it. Every time that popped up, I laughed out loud. Yeah. So what would happen is the, the greasy strangler. It didn't even try to hide it from the beginning. No. In fact, one of the first lines of the film is, "I'm the greasy strangler." Like whatever, you're a bullshit artist, right? Um, yeah. So the old man is the greasy strangler, and it's not like a big reveal because it it tells you immediately, right? Yeah. And so. So the guy's father, he's the greasy strangler, and what he does is he he gets in a little drum of grease and then goes out on the town naked and strangles people and then goes through a car wash to clean up. <laughs> and every time he goes to the car wash, it is hilarious. I will give you that. And it's the same exact footage every <laughs> single time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an old man like covered in grease being hit with like the the car wash things. Yeah, and it <laughs> and has like why it made me laugh every time. Oh let me tell you, go back and check it out. It's the sound design. Cause I tried to I tried to analyze it by the end. Like what makes it so good it's like uh are you subscribed to how to basic on on facebook or youtube or any of that where it's like you know how to make a, a recipe oh yeah, yeah. And then it's he just, just like, like slams eggs and stuff and yeah places. it's like yeah. way way uh too much gain on it where yeah. all the sounds are like real like yeah Flap, you know, like, and so that's what it was, like, like hitting yeah, him with the so thing. So loud. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm with you there. That made me laugh really hard. That that I liked. Um, I liked the music because it was just so dumb, right? Like it was like synthesizer carnival music was like all that was in it. Um, and then the fact that everyone that they talked to. Like the the dad's name was Ronnie and his name was Braden, but they all called each other Big Ronnie and Big Braden yeah. and like Big whatever. Everyone was like, "Oh, Big Paul," and like you know, everything was Big whoever. Yeah, yeah. And like that made me giggle. But that was it, and that that was all I really enjoyed from this movie. Yeah, yeah. It. Uh, I'll tell you that the trailer of this made me like. I was very excited. We talked yeah, a while back. You were about excited it. about this movie. Well, not not recently, <laughs> but like when I saw the trailer, and they were saying like the uh, wasn't South by Southwest. What's the other one? Fantastic Fest audiences yeah. love this film and all this stuff. And it just it was a failure to me in almost every way. But if you want to check it out, it's on Amazon Prime for free. Uh, if you if you have Amazon Prime. I'm sure you can rent it, you know, it's got to be other places as well. Um, I mean, if you like scenes where they repeat the same word over and over and over again, um, you will love this movie. How do you feel <laughs> about that? Potato. Yeah, I started writing them down. There was one where they said potato. There uh -huh. was bullshit artist one. Uh, uh, there, there were was, like five bullshit artist ones. Well, uh, they kept saying it. But there was one scene in particular that went on for like five minutes where all they said was bullshit artist and like he was pretending to smell something. Um, there there was not one, but two scenes where they repeated hootie tootie disco cutie. Oh, my God. Yeah. The first one that was so bad. Uh, there There is uh, one where it was please end all inquiries here. Um, 
Yeah, so that's like five scenes where they just sat there and said the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. So out of five, <laughs> what would your rating for this film be? I mean, honestly, one. I'm right there with you, buddy. This is the worst, probably the worst film I've seen for this podcast. Not the worst film I've ever seen, but it's and we right. Watched it's Jim pretty Cotta. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's pretty close it, it, to one of the worst films I've ever seen. I, I don't like it. I didn't think it w- it was nothing. I've only felt this passionately apathetic about a film. Uh, the last film I did was the comedy with uh, who was it? Tim Heidecker. Mm. And we, oh, interesting. What? what? That it was a Tim Heidecker movie. That was the last one that you felt like this about. Well, I love Tim and Eric, though. It, yeah, it, Tim and Eric was great. And uh, what was the Tom Goes to the Mayor? Tom Goes to the Mayor is my favorite of all of them. But I even like the Bedtime so Stories good. one. Did you watch that? I didn't watch that. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's Tim and Eric Bedtime Stories. Pretty good. <laughs> but um, But yeah, I mean, this movie sucked ass. I... <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, like I can't recommend it on any level to anyone. Watch it at your own risk if you like gross out films. Um I guess if you're an early John Waters super fan, eh, check it out. I like some of that early stuff, but you may come out the other side feeling exactly like me. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, either way, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Tweet us at B and E Pod on Twitter. Uh, make sure to stop by bmoviesandebooks.com slash shop and buy a t-shirt. If you like our podcast, this is something that we haven't really been pushing lately, is both please, please, please support our podcast <laughs> uh, by giving us any sort of donation that you can uh Obviously, we we run this thing. We don't have ads. We don't do any of the little games that other people do. <laughs> any games that other people do. <laughs> Make it sound like a podcast yeah. are out to scheme you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, we don't I, have I'm ads. I'm just curious where this is going. Well, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, it, it's kind of abnormal for podcasts that have run as long as we have not to have ads. We can get ads if we want. Uh, this stuff isn't free to host, so nope. we really, really would like to, at what, almost four years in, make, is it almost four or almost three? I don't know. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's almost three, but either way, three. yeah, at almost yeah, three it, years like in, summer. it would be really, really cool to have uh some people you know we really appreciate the people that have bought shirts but please buy shirts please tell your friends that are into this kind of stuff and even if you don't want like a shirt of our podcast we have old school horror movie shirts Mm -hmm. and stuff like that yep so those are there yep and like buttons if you're into that sort of thing (laughs) we have buttons yeah i make i make buttons for all the shirts i make oh okay just because why not um (laughs) They they come in five packs, which is weird. Five packs of the same button. Yeah. <laughs> you can give them to your friends. Huh. You guys have, can have a little button club. <laughs> yeah. And you can, <laughs> we can actually call it the, the B&E little button club. 
Yeah, it's got to have Lil in front of it. The LBC, B and E LBC is what we call it. Me and Brian have been calling it that for years. <laughs> <laughs> With these buttons that you just realized existed. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so do that. And please also give us a review on iTunes. It's not that often that we're needy in any way. Yeah, it's like the third time we've done it in 80 episodes. <laughs> Please, if you want to hear less about us being needy, do that. Then do something about it. Yeah, do we have a PayPal for just a generic dollar or two donation if people like no. us? Well, son no. of a bitch. <laughs> Don't PayPal us yet then. But hold that dollar or I mean, two to later when we get a PayPal. So. We could always sign up for Patreon. I but then I feel to. like we got to give like extra stuff. Yeah, no, we're we're not gonna we do just, that. We give single buttons for donations. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, old single button donations. But yeah. all right, well, um, I guess with that said, you got anything else, Brian? No. <laughs> all right. Well, we will see you in two weeks when we are going to be. Um, well, we hadn't locked down what we're reviewing yet. Uh, yeah. I think we're going to do the Habsburg Horror by uh, Thomas S. Flowers. That's, and, that, was, that was the thought. <laughs> but much like most of our thoughts, uh, not quite locked down yet. So, yeah. They usually end way before they're actually started. <laughs> yeah. But all right. Well, I guess we will see you in two weeks. zombie apocalypse you have one weapon and it's not a gun what is it like a scythe a car grenades like a flare gun maybe piranhas (laughs) (laughs) bat a bat baseball bat hands down machete it's obviously a lobo (sighs) uh loppers slingshot (gasps) yeah ground-mounted slingshot that shoots bricks. Catch the seven deadly questions on The Basement on a Hill. Hear all new episodes every Tuesday. The Basement on a Hill. Horror and comedy for people who hate horror comedies. The podcast you just heard is part of the B and E Network. Brought to you by B Movies and Ebooks.com. Yeah.